Okay, so this is uh, episode three, personal finance investing. And like I was telling Matt before, I'm really excited to record this episode because like a friend reached out about personal finance and it just like it got the it got the investment engine in my mind running and just provide again providing that resource for people to use and know where to start. But episode three, we are going to be talking about investing. Matt, you excited? I'm ecstatic uh, about this, man. <laughs> Come on, man! This like this is this is what it leads to, you know. Like first we talked about budgeting, we talked about savings, and now we're talking about like mm-hmm. investing. The the goal, and then next episode is real estate. It's it's all like I feel like the topics get more and more fun from here, you know. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> okay, let's dive into it because I really don't want to stay up late editing another <laughs> hour and a half. <laughs> the last one take an hour and a half. Yo, it took us a while. Like, we finished at midnight after we recorded, right? Uh, I don't know. I think it was like 10, I want to say like 10, 30, 11 ish. When by we finished. We fin- yeah. No, no, by the time, 10, it was maybe like 10, 30 when we finished recording. Yeah, that's what I meant, like when we finished. And then we finished, like, editing and uploading. 11, 30, 12. By, by midnight. I remember it was midnight. But you know what? For your listeners, it's worth it. Okay. <laughs> what it is? It's a it's a resource, right? Uh, okay, let's let's just dive into it then. We should start off by when we talk about investing. What do we mean by investing, right? Because I feel like there are oh, there just did it. because I feel like investing is something you hear about like in school or from movies, the media about like oh the stock market is going up, this company is doing well, this company is bleeding. Stuff is going on, but what do we really mean by investing? And like, what we recommend the approach should be for like the average listener in Toronto, right? I think for the average person, the term investing can be pretty daunting. There's just so much you could do with your money, but you don't know, you don't really know where to start unless you're giving some sort of direction, which is what we're trying to do here for all our listeners here. <laughs> yeah i can kind of walk through like the story of like how i really got into investing i could walk through his but like for me it's i had some excess money laying around i had i've already put enough money into my my emergency fund and then i still had a chunk of money and at that point i was really looking for options to make that money grow and work for me and then that's how i turned into investing just finding ways to make that money grow in a safe way because there is a huge if you're to think about the trade-off between risk and return, there is like a lot of like if you want a higher return on your investment, there's going to be like more risk associated. So for me, like investing, I wanted to find like a really easy approach where it was like a perfect balance of low risk but still decent return, and that's what hopefully this podcast or like this episode will be about. <clears throat> yeah. So to go back to a uh, a point from last episode, I our goal is to beat inflation, right? But just beating inflation may not necessarily be that great of a return. So we want to put it in something that will generate greater returns. Uh, and if we do not need the money in the near future, we can put in something riskier. So that could yield a higher, a higher amount in the future when you actually do need the money. Mm-hmm. And wait, uh, also, uh, we should reiterate like inflation again. That's what we mean by inflation. It's Think about it as like a 2% hike per year. Every year, the cost of buying stuff goes up by 2%. 
whether it's buying an apple or buying a car. So in theory, your money also has to grow by 2% in order to meet that growth a year. Because if you don't, you you're have less buying power every year. And that's what Matt was talking about when you have to get your money to grow. Okay, so now we're going to go into what to invest in, right? And explaining what your options are. So as a listener, you know your options. Matt, tell them what to invest in out of right. everything that's in the world. <clears throat> uh, so for, for the average person, uh, both Henry and I would recommend investing in an index fund. An index fund is a fund that tracks the market. And we highly recommend this because it allows the investor to diversify their portfolio without buying multiple stocks. So if the idea of diversification, we never want to put all our eggs in one basket because that's a recipe for disaster in the off chance that everything goes to hell, right? So we want to buy asset in, assets in different sectors of uh, different different uh, industries to offset our risk and that way that way we will be able when one side goes up the and the other side goes down it will bounce out and we will not be overly exposed to to the risk of one one stock mm -hmm. and then like <clears throat> I, just to elaborate on that when matt talks about a market he's talking about like um the stock market like there's all these markets out there, the S&P 500, the Dow Jones, um, the Nikkei, like I'm sure you hear these buzzwords in the news all the time. Those markets house like really big companies in multiple sectors. So imagine instead of betting on one company to do well, we're going to bet on the entire market. And that's the idea of diversification that Matt was talking about before, is instead of just betting on one person, we're going to play the odds and assume the whole market will go up. And it, it is proven you know, over the past uh, century or so, Ever since the stock market was a the thing, there's been constant growth in the in the market because companies are making money, they're expanding, um, they're you know they're adding more people to the workforce, coming up with new ideas. They're just everything is being more profitable, and the market rides rides a wave with that. And you can too if you invest in index funds. Sounds like an advertisement. <laughs> No, 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 you're right though, right? Like ultimately all companies out there trying to make money, right? So obviously mm. some companies will have a bad year, others will be good, but majority of the time there'll be more good com more companies doing good than companies performing poorly. And if they're on the same market, overall the winners are going to outbalance the losers and the market will go up, right? Yeah. We should, we'll include like a, like a link to a stat like in the description where you can kind of see the historics of why we're backing this up so much and why we're preaching the idea of betting on a market. Because like over the past 40 years, the market has gone up. There has been dips in here and there, but over like a longer term, you will come out ahead. Do you want to take them uh, over how to invest in them? So for, um, you have really kind of two options or two main options. I could say you would either one, want to go through a big bank or two, use like the robot advisor. For now, we'll cover the first part. We'll cover the big banks, and then we'll talk about these robot advisors. So now, the next session, we're gonna we're gonna talk about how to invest and what we personally do. Uh, fair warning: no matter which medium you choose, whether you go through a big bank or a robot advisor, you will have to pay an MER. Yeah, and uh, MER is management expense ratio, pretty much what the company charges 
investors for uh, managing the money and uh, handling it for them so they, they don't have to do it themselves. The expense covers stuff like transaction fees, uh, reinvesting of, uh, of dividends, um, rebalancing of portfolios, uh, because as, as the market's changing, your one part of your portfolio could be outweighing another if it's, if it's growing at a faster pace. So you want to pull that back and, and even out your, your portfolio, uh, how, how much each part takes, how much each uh, asset is part of your portfolio to make sure you're not overexposed in, into, it, into any of the uh, assets. Either way, no matter what medium you pick, you're going to have to pay a fee for it. Like, that's what it is. These services aren't free. It, there's a cost associated with it. But if you punch in MER, this is like the buzzword to use, where you're kind of evaluating like how much you would expect to pay. The MER is always going to be like a percent. So it'll be like uh, 1% of your total portfolio. Or a lot of time, it'll be like... Honestly, a lot of time, it'll be less than 1%. I just said 1% because it's like easy to like kind of contextualize. But it'll always be a percentage, and it's always applied on the total portfolio amount. So if you have, obviously, more money, you can pay a higher MER fee. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Uh, I think to keep, we also have to keep in mind one of the reasons we, we, uh, we recommend index funds is because they track an index, and they, it does not require active managing. Because a lot of mutual funds uh, charge two plus three plus percent because they're actively managing your your money and like buying buying uh, stocks at a certain time, selling them at a certain time. So that is where a lot of your money goes to if you're investing in a traditional mutual fund. Mm, that's a great point. And these MER percentages, like two percent, three percent, it doesn't sound like a lot. But remember, inflation is already 2%. So you have to beat 2%. Your portfolio, whatever you invest in, has to go by 2%, right? And then the more your MERs are up there, like if you have to pay like a 3% MER fee, that means you have to beat 5% now. Like it adds up very quickly when you think about it. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, so we'll cover the big banks and then we'll, again, we'll talk about the rollout advisors. Um, I'll go through TD and then Matt will talk about RBC. We're covering these two banks because. They're the two bigger banks in Toronto. Um, the other banks like Scotia, CIBC, I'm sure they also offer like a similar service that we're going to go through with TD and RBC. We're just not covering them for the sake of time. But if you kind of take this approach, you should be able to find what their services are and like how to best approach it. So I'll mm -hmm. go through TD. So um, I'll go through my personal approach to buying uh, index funds for TD and then if you find a right approach, please let me know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the way I purchase index funds with TD is I use their TDE series, uh, e series service. What that is is TD offers like their own. They basically offer like an index fund, but they put like a TD wrapper on it, and they call it an e series. It, essentially, it's the same thing. You're going to be investing in an index fund through TD. Uh, the kicker is, in order to access like these TDE series, you have to open like a specific account with TD. So uh, for to access OTD, you're going to want to open like a mutual fund account. The mutual fund account could be like a normal mutual fund account. So it could be just a normal mutual fund account. Or you can also take it one step further and make it like a TFSA mutual fund account and take those benefits that we talked about in the last episode 
where you kind of get like a no, you don't have to pay taxes on any gains that you make on your investments. Mm-hmm. That's basically what I do. But again, the as long as you have a mutual fund account with TD, it shouldn't be a problem. What happens is if you were to open a TD mutual fund account, it will show up on your online portal, like uh, your TD online portal as like a new line item. So normally when you log in, you'll probably see like a checking account. Your you probably have a savings account. You probably might have a credit card with them, and then your mutual fund will just be like another line there. I really wish I could include a screenshot, but I probably shouldn't screenshot my own bank account for sake of content. Uh, but that's what it'll look like. Once, can you imagine? <laughs> dude, just blur out your numbers, man. No, fuck that, dude. Photoshop's a scary thing. Anyway, what happens is uh, once you, that's a new line item, the mutual fund, it's a new line item. Once you see the mutual fund account as its own line item, that means the account is active and you can go through and use it. What you want to do is when you open it, you'll see the options of what you can do with it and you're going to want to purchase like an E-series. Dude, I really should include screenshots, shouldn't I? It'll help. Sure. It'll help, but like, what, what's the risk there, you know? I Dude. mean, how, just uh, write in Five zeros in it, and then you, you'll be good. <laughs> Go paint and write one thousand dollars. Okay, so we're we're gonna think about including screenshots. Anyway, once you have the mutual fund account, you can buy TD E series. TD has like a whole list of the available E series, uh, or what E series they offer. Each E series kind of anchors itself to a different market, so you can pick which markets you want to invest in uh, for E series. But again, once you purchase it, that's it. You're investing. Congrats. Um, I actually have a question about the uh, E-Series. Yeah, Can, go for it. How do you choose... Let's say I want to invest in three different um, index, indexes. Do you throw your money to that account and then they'll automatically buy all three? Or how does it work? That's a great question. So the... And they actually have specific E-series index funds. So, for example, they have the Canadian index fund, the U.S. index funds, the Dow Jones average index. I'm actually on the website right now, the European index, the Japanese index. You have to specifically pick which index you want to purchase. But once you purchase it, that's it. You're, you're basic, you basically have like a share of an index fund there. Let's say I want to buy Canadian, U.S., and Canadian bond index. Then you just choose Canadian index. You'll choose, like, I want to put, like, X amount of dollars in Canadian index one. I'll buy that amount. Same with the U.S. and same with the bond index. So it's, like, it's like three different transactions, sort of. Correct. Or... But here's the best part about TDE series. You don't pay for buying or selling, right? And the dividends mm-hmm. that you earn on each, like, index or how many shares you have in your total portfolio is automatically reinvested for you. So, like, you can do three different transactions. It doesn't matter in the end because... You don't pay for them. I think it would help if uh, you attach some uh, screenshots. Cause I, I'm actually curious what the trading platform, the, the buying platform is like. All right, hold up. Let me actually see if I can get on there. Uh, I feel like I could cover TD users like, fairly well, though, right? You just yeah. go into a branch, talk to a teller, open a mutual fund account. You can choose a mutual fund account to be a normal mutual fund account or a TFSA mutual fund account. Once that's active in your portal, you can buy index funds directly. Okay. All right. Um, I'm gonna check the my screenshots and then 
you go through the RBC investors, the viewers, or the viewers watching too much YouTube audience. Right, so RBC investees is very similar to to um to the E series. Uh, the only I would say the main difference is it is slightly more hands off than the E series. For invest ease, uh, they will ask you for your risk tolerance and what your goals are, and judging from those from those um, answers, they will recommend a portfolio for you. And from there, all you have to do is put money into the into your account, and they will start buying buying the uh, the portfolio that they recommended for you. <clears throat> the only catch uh, I would say is since this is a little more hands off, they do charge a higher MER. Um, they charge RBC themselves charge a 0.5 annual MER for your portfolio, and then depending on the type of portfolio they recommended you, uh, it will increase a little bit depending. Yeah, depending on which one uh, was selected. Um, and I'm just on the website right now. They also have a um, a promotion where you don't have to pay management fees for six months if you Ooh. open your account uh, before the end of the year, which is pretty good, I would say. If I wanted to open like an RBC Investees account, would I have to go in person to a branch, or could I do it online and automatically have it just done for me? Like just have it in my portal, do it no completely through myself through the browser kind of thing. Hmm. I mean, we could try right now. Yeah, I see a sign up. I'm I'm, I'm actually clicking to get started right now. Are you an RBC customer sign? Okay, so it looks like you can do it online. Getting to know you. Are you an O? It might just be the questionnaire portion. Okay, we'll figure this out. Either way, RBC investees. It looks like you can open online. Yeah, it looks, looks like it. So it, this is almost better than the TDE series because you don't have to talk to a teller, right? <laughs> mm, I think... It would it would probably help if you already have a uh, an account with RBC. Um, it just makes it'll probably make a tr the uh, transferring of money easier too. Um, some benefits of buying index funds through your banking provider is everything's in one place, right? Your checking accounts in the uh, in one place, your credit cards are in one place, and now your investments are in one place instead of kind of juggling like, transferring money around and doing like all that obviously if you want to open like a dedicated like td account just to invest by all means do it it's just i feel like if you want like a hands-on approach hands-off approach to investing this is more hands-off versus actively moving money around and just kind of adding complexity where it doesn't need to be added but again check your MERs, and if it makes sense for you to do it and you're and you're okay with doing that little bit of extra work. So the whole idea of investing in index funds is to have the diversification in your portfolio. But in order to fully diversify and get a broad diversification in, in that, you want to invest in different uh, markets to, to further diversify your, your risk, diversify your assets, and spread out your risk.
So you could invest in the US market, the Europe market, you can invest in the Asia market, but then you can also look at index funds where where it tracks <coughs> fixed income fixed income uh, indexes. So that would provide a lower risk uh, in terms of turn. <coughs> Fuck, I lost my train of thought. Uh, no, you're right. Because, okay, we, we're recommending you to invest in index fund because it's this idea of investing in an entire market. You can capture the good and the bad companies. And then you can also take that one step further and get a broad diversification by doing multiple different types of index funds, right? Mm-hmm. So you're almost investing in multiple markets and not just spending on one market. So it could be one Canadian market, a US market, an international market, and then a bond index or like, I guess, a bond market almost. So then if the US tanks, you're uh, investing. You also have in- income coming in. Yeah, exactly. Like the Canadian markets will pick up the slack and stuff like that. Yeah, I guess also the the asset type that you want to invest in depends on on your age, because mm-hmm. if you're a younger a younger individual who's looking to start investing, you'll most likely have a higher risk tolerance for your long term uh, investments because you have, if, let's say you're 25 right now, like like we are. Yeah. Uh, you have another what 30 35 years un- until you retire so, so you can 25 plus 35 <laughs> retire at 60 60 I, that's a vicious man <laughs> i don't know about that <laughs> you know ideally we'll be retired by 40 okay that's a dream <laughs> but yeah so you have more time to to let let your money grow so you can Take higher risk. A typical, I would say, a higher risk portfolio would be seventy five percent in in uh, stocks, where and twenty five percent in uh, in fixed income. And as you get older, you may want to shift that from seventy five twenty five to maybe sixty forty. So as you're approaching the retirement age, you won't be losing your your uh, retirement fund essentially. Yeah, it's ex- exactly. Depending on age, you have more runway, more runway, more risk. Personally, I do what Matt mentioned before, 75 to 25, because again, we're in our mid-20s, and I can afford to take that risk. If you're an older listener out there, again, heed Matt's advice, maybe look at a more uh, conservative yeah, percentage balance there. Okay, so we covered index funds, buying index funds with a big bank, and then how the idea of buying multiple different types of index funds to achieve a, like a broad diversification throughout the risk. I think we'll finish off the episode by going briefly into robot advisors. These things are actually pretty cool. I would say robot advisors really started gaining popularity like maybe in the past decade. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would say the main selling point for robot advisors are the fact that they usually have lower um, MERs than traditional traditional uh, mutual funds because mm-hmm. it's not managed by like a person, right? It's managed by 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 the computer. They have they have a prepackaged portfolio where you you can choose from, and you can just put your money in and let it, let it do its thing. 
Yeah, so before Matt was asking me how like TDE series worked when buying different types of index funds, and then we just went over the diversification, buying different types of index funds again to really spread the diversification. If you go with like a robot advisor, they will actually already diversify this for you. They have like different risk tolerance settings from high to low, and depending on which one you uh, choose, like if you want like a high risk one, they'll already purchase different types of index funds that are more like the portfolio that they give you or they take your money and invest for you will be more aggressive. So more equity and less um, fixed income or less bonds. And then low risk, obviously, is the opposite spectrum where like everything's a bit more conservative for you. Yeah, and um, I think two of the two of the most popular ones uh, are Quest Trade and Well Simple. Uh, like they they have from from what I've seen so far, even if you open like a regular trading account, they have really low low commissions. Uh, and and for their for their uh, portfolio. Uh, that they offer, they're super low MERs from ranging from like 0.25 to 0.5 MERs, I believe. Yeah, guys, like for reference, what I'm paying on TDE series right now, like investing in TD, I'm paying 0.4 to 0.5, like on average, I would say, on my uh, index funds there. So if you don't want the hassle of picking or deciding which index funds to invest in and choosing how you want to diversify, Robot advisors are a great option. It's very like hands off. It's very easy. Again, again, like it's very easy to sign up. We'll include like the links to Questrade and Well Simple below. Um, the only catch I would say is I think Questrade has a minimum of a thousand, and then I want to say Well Simple also has a minimum there as well. So just keep that in mind. And uh, also for for these for these um, robot advisors, they also offer. Like your traditional traditional accounts such as like TFSA, RSPs, where you can take advantage of the tax breaks here and there. That's a great point. So like if you were to like open a TFSA, well, simple, and then put your investing portfolio with them in that TFSA. If you choose like a low risk setting with them and they invest for you, like that's all tax free, which is fucking great, right? Yeah, especially if you're you're, you're investing you know for for thirty years for your retirement right you're not gonna be touching that i hope so. i hope so dude like if there's one thing like we preached again and again like as a listener you should know like we really believe like if you're going to invest think about like the long-term outlook like that long-term discipline there you can see it jump up and don't try timing the market just let it sit there and just let compound interest and let just overall trends take take hold in over 40 years you will see a return Um, I think that's everything, dude. We covered it. Yeah, yeah. We like just to summarize this episode. We talked about like what what we mean by investing, how we do it, why we recommend like our approach or our recommendation is as for you listeners to go through index funds and ETFs. We talked about how you can buy those index funds and ETFs with the big banks, and then robot advisors. Also, to expand on buying index fund, we also talked about how you should buy multiple index ones so you get that diversification and you actually spread out, you minimize your risk even more. If you have any questions, like the Twitter is there. I actually forgot to include the Twitter link on the <laughs> description, so I'll make sure to... No wonder it. we weren't getting any messages. 
Yeah, like, clearly, we're so popular. <laughs> but other than that, um, if you have any questions, tweet at us. Again, we'll include all the links below. Thanks for listening, everyone. All right, see you guys next in two weeks. In, in a week, because we're late on this one, dude.